Glory to God. Okay. Psalm 91. You know, you get to wondering, uh, you know, the Bible's made up of uh, a lot of wonderful stories and whatever, and some people talk about how wonderful the Bible is, and then they uh, they never read it, and even if they do, uh, oh, and even if they believe it, say they believe it, you know, and uh, but it still comes as a surprise to many that uh, you use it, you know, and you do use it. It belongs to you. So let's watch Psalm 91. Uh, you know, there's no reason for it to be in your Bible today or for you to listen to me preach if uh, this does not belong to you. Uh, but it does belong to you. Notice this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the first question I got, because you'll hear a little voice saying, telling you, now you got to remember that because there's, there's, there, in the world the Bible says there's many voices, you know. And you're going to hear a little voice immediately telling you that, this is not for you, and it's a secret place, and, and you have to go uh, the extra mile to try to find it. And you, it's not true. It's not true. When he's referencing secret place, it's not secret to you. It's secret to the enemy. That's where we've missed it before. It's not like, well, oh, boy, you just got to kick and scratch and worry and, and try to get to the secret place. No, the secret place is exposed to you. You know about it. Jesus even said unto you, it's given to know the mystery of the kingdoms. The kingdom, praise the Lord. And he told that to people that it was the disciples that asked him that night about the parable of the sower. And they said, Lord, uh, what does this mean? And he said, unto you. See, I mean, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. So, I mean, these things are yours. So let's go back to this. Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, how hard would it to be standing in the shadow of somebody? I know I've tried to talk with people and wouldn't be in the bright sunshine, and, and either they or I, and I'll work around until I'm in their shadow. I mean, it's not hard to figure out if God was standing somewhere, I'm just going to walk over there and be in his shadow. So the secret place is not something that you can't get a hold of. It's like, I'm going to God. Anyway, notice verse 2, and here's the way this works. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Uh, I want to show you something here in just a moment. I'm going to turn to another psalm. Just give me just one moment. Uh, and uh, let's see. Yeah, please go. We're going to come right back. But please go to Psalm 118. Start at verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh. Uh, because his mercy endures forever. Now, do we give thanks or do we not? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes in our society, we have it all cookie-cutter, and, and we've got dates and times, and when do we give Thanksgiving? Everybody goes, well, Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't want to wait all our lives to begin to give Thanksgiving only on uh, the 25th of November. Wow. Uh, look at verse 2. Let Israel now say that his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endures forever. Verse 4, let them now that fear the Lord say his mercy endures forever. <laughs> so he got us all. You say, well, it was just talking to Jews. Well, not when he got down to verse 4. He's talking to all of us. Look at verse 5. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me, set me in a large place. He doesn't quit. He goes on and says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do. Unto me. The Lord takes my part with them that, uh, that help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire upon them that hate me. What was going on here? Well, what's going on in your life? 
I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's financial, if it's social, it, or you just lost something, or your health or whatever. Praise the Lord. Let me show you how strong this is. If you go, go on down here at verse 17, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Praise God. Look at verse 18. The Lord has chastened me sore, but he's not given me over to death. This is the reason that I do not believe that God wants any of us to pass away early. No. We're supposed to live out a full life. Psalm 91 says so. The last verse was long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Plus, it goes against the first commandment with promise. Honor your father and mother that it may be well with thee, and you'll live long on the earth. Abraham was promised a long life, and he got it. He got it. And we're supposed to be Abraham's kids. Glory to God. We are, by virtue of Jesus Christ. But now back to verse, I mean, Psalm 118 and uh, verse 4. I want you to see this. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endures forever. It's important that you say. I want you to remember Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. It's important. We tell people around, you can't just be mute. I mean, it might be fun. I mean, we have a drama team, and, and we paint up our faces and stuff, but we talk, you know. <laughs> but you've seen mimes before, and they don't talk. Something's different. They have to express with their arms and their face and whatever. But they wouldn't be much of uh, anything you could understand from that mime if they didn't try to communicate. Well, same thing with us. We can just let life's problems attack us, and we can just sit there. But that's not what the Scripture says. We're supposed to say his mercy endures, what, forever. That means it reaches you. What will his mercy do? Well, partly if you just read the book of Psalms, you would find out what his mercy would do. Actually, whatever it is you have need of, you know. I mean, Jesus told several people, he says, what is it you want? Don't you remember when James and John, his mother came, their mother came to Jesus? And he said, what is it you want? He didn't say, now look, I'm not a candy factory. He didn't say that. And actually, she got what she asked for. If you go back and look, she said, I want one of my sons, both my sons, to sit on your left hand and your right. Well, Jesus said, That's not mine to give. You know. But he goes on and says, First thing he says, Are you able to drink the cup? He didn't say, Well, you can't have that. And the truth is, in Ephesians chapter 2, we are all, actually, chapter 1, we're all seated with him in heavenly places. Praise God. Glory to God. Acts Ephesians 2. So they got it. Praise the Lord. You got it too. Hallelujah. Anyway, back to Psalm 91. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Now, we need to practice this. Let's just say it. I know there's only a few of us in here this morning, but let's just say this. Say this after me. Say this. Say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Now he's going to give you some things to trust. Watch what he says here in verse 3. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Okay, we understand what the word surely means. We just need to believe it. He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. The word fowler is referencing to someone who catches birds or it's a trap or whatever. Uh, we know that the enemy, uh, he stated so in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The shield of faith will quench every fiery dart of the devil. But anyway, so the devil seeking whom he may devour here is not God trying to get you. And so you have a promise here, verse 3, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Now there's where the rubber meets the road. I have to believe that. My daily problems that come 
can tell me this one's going to hurt. This one's going to bother you. This one is sure going to knock you out. And you've got to say, no, surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. His mercy endures forever. See, I'm reminded in Psalm 34, he says, out of them all, the Lord delivers them. In other words, the, many are the oh, afflictions of the righteous, but out of them all. didn't say through them all. When you get through them on the other side. No, it's too late at that point. What about the peace that passes all understanding? I mean, I'm going to be racking my brain trying to figure out how to have peace in my life. But that's not what the scripture says. Philippians chapter 4 says, in everything by prayer, I've got to pray about these things. When you first see them coming, pray. And when, you, when I first see them coming, it's thoughts. I have thoughts. Well, what if? What if while I'm driving at nighttime, what if somebody weaves over in front of me? <laughs> well, what if? Write you a book and think about it. Well, I guess I'm going to die. Well, that's likely, you know, if you think along those lines. What if this? And what's going to happen in my family? Well, why not when you have that thought that what if a car comes over, why not begin to think the Lord will deliver me? Well, see, that's what I do, because we all have those problems. We all worry about somebody running a red light or whatever, and you've got to think, praise the Lord, God will protect me. It's so easy to just say, well, I'm not going to trust anything. I'm just, I just know if I die, I'm going to heaven. Well, wonderful. You're going to leave everybody else behind. There's something you can do, you know. It's amazing to me that we have Psalm 91 here giving us the help and yet, <clears throat> we can walk out and say, well, you know, I sure hope I'm going to be all right, you know. Dr. So-and-so said this about me, and I just sure hope. Well, I know Dr. So-and-so is doing the best he can, but you've got a wonderful promise here. Uh, I, this is so many. We, we, look what happened in the rest of verse 3. And from the noisome pestilence. You realize the noisome pestilence means deadly disease? Oh, I have a, uh, here's a living Bible right here. We'll just sashay over here in the Living Bible here, and we'll read exactly what it says in that verse. Let's see, this is Psalm 91. Isn't it wonderful that they numbered these things? I don't have to just go searching through letters and sentences. Okay, uh, let's see. And uh, <clears throat> for he rescues you from every trap. This is the Living Bible. And I read the board, though, how they did the Living Bible. They had several scholars several English majors, and they tried to get the thought perfect so that anybody reading this would know without having to do, go call their pastor, okay? You know, some people get upset with that, but it's, this, this is really fantastic. He rescues you from every trap. And if you're thinking this morning he didn't rescue me, well, that's where you need to start. You need to start trusting the Lord. Now, look at this last phrase. And protects you from the fatal plague. Oh, my goodness. I always thought when something gets you, you've been got. No, that's when you've got to start trusting the Lord. See, verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. If you just think about him being so tall and you standing under his shadow, you'll be able to get it. Praise the Lord. That's the reason he builds it that way. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, let's keep going. Look at verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Now, I don't know what he means by truth. Now, wait a minute. Now, whoa, 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 wait a minute. All we have here is a psalm called Psalm 91. And we're trying to wonder what the truth is. The truth is to believe what he said. Uh, matter of fact, I, uh, the, I, I believe the Living Bible, it, it, it talks about his promises, I think. Let me, let me just turn. Let's keep reading here. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, but this is 
so fantastic. He will shield you with his wings. They shall shelter you. His faithful promises are your armor. Praise God. Where have we been? And take the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6 says, which is the word of God. Jesus, when he returns on that horse in Revelation, there, it says on him, <clears throat> it says his name is called the word of God. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. Now you can understand why it's so easy not to read your Bible. Well, I just had things to do. I know, I've had things to do too. But I tell you what, when you're out of gas, you're out of gas. Well, i got things to do. I don't have time to fill up my car. Oh, yeah, you do, too. If you'll treat it that way, you'll read your Bible. I have to fill up on that energy. It is energy. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We can put that right directly to your car and gasoline. That car shall not run on air alone, <laughs> but by petroleum. You've got to have gas in it. And I don't care how much you argue, it's not going anywhere without gas. Same thing's true. You're not going anywhere without the Word of God. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. So many people have thought, you know, it's not the reading of the Bible, it's something else. That couldn't be any more ridiculous. Psalm 1 says it's reading your Bible. You meditate in it. Why would he give us Psalm 1 and, uh, and, and tell us that you'd be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and whatever you do shall prosper? Why tell us that if we can't have it, praise the Lord? But you can. And he told Joshua, this in Joshua chapter 1, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Just read it. The Israelites would stand together, and um, Nehemiah the prophet and Ezra the priest would stand there, and they would read the entire word of God. Moses did that in front of all the people. And then he took a hyssop, a branch, and dipped it in blood and sprinkled the book and all the people. All the people back then didn't even have a copy. But they stood there and they heard. You and I have a copy. <laughs> we can keep our tanks full. We can run on this uh, gasoline and keep our lives going, which is called the Word of God. I mean, Psalm 91 has always been there. We're just kind of looking at it. Can you feel your tank filling up here on Psalm 91? Okay. Verse 3, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Okay, so i got to be confident he's going to do it. Yeah, he is. And from the noisome pestilence. And don't be worried about everybody else's dying. Don't forget you got a verse coming up here. I know it, and I believe you do. Look at verse 7. Skip ahead. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Do you see where your part is? You have to trust in Jesus. I'm telling you, if you were on a decision, having to make a decision between uh, serving Mohammed or Jesus Christ, it's the same thing. You're going, which one am I going to choose? Is it Mohammed? Is it Hare Krishna? Or is it just I'm going to be agnostic? Or is it going to be Jesus? Well, you find out, you hear about Jesus, and you go, I believe it's Jesus. It's the same thing here. You have to decide. Praise God, if terror tries to come against me, it'll not come near me. I don't care if a thousand die at my side. Yeah, but what if it's ten thousand? You think it's going to stop when it gets to you? Yes, I think it's going to stop when it gets to me. Why? How do you know that? I'm standing in the secret place of the Most High God. Psalm 91. I mean, Psalm 91, is only, it's only a half an inch from John 3.16 in my Bible if you hold the pages up. John 3.16 is right over there, you know. Hmm. I'm picking and choosing what I want to believe if I decide I don't want to believe this. Or just, are we going to just try to say this, this relates to going to heaven? That's so ridiculous. He's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about saving your own life down here on earth. He'll do it for you. 
Now back to verse, uh, <clears throat> let's go to verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when I laid myself down to sleep, I was afraid of something. I could have been outside. I could have been doing things. Or even when I was sleeping at night, I wasn't too uh, confident that I was safe. Uh, things could happen. I felt this way in hotels. Like, I wonder if an earthquake happens. And, you know, your mind just begins to wonder. I get earth an earthquake hits, and this I could just, they'll, they'll never find me. I'll just be, boom, whatever. The earthquake that hit San Francisco or wherever, wherever it was, and all those people, they tried to get out of those highways. They had highways stacked on top of another. You can have those thoughts, and maybe you don't want to hear mine, but <laughs> these things could be scary. You know, what am I going to do? He says here, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. You could say a bullet or whatever. I don't care what it is. Uh, I want you to mark your mark this right here, and I want to show you something in Psalm 4. This wouldn't be hard to find out. Remember, we treat God's Word as though it's important, and as you read Psalm 4, you would have found this. You would have said, oh my goodness, I'm going to tell my children this. And not only tell my children, but I'm going to believe it too. <laughs> Psalm 4, and look down here at verse 8. I will both lay me down. Notice he didn't say, you know, we need to help those in Africa. Listen, this is what helps people in Africa. You learn about God first, let God bless you, and then march over to Africa and tell them about your God. Jesus told the demon-possessed guy that was filled with the legion, you know, uh, he said, you go tell them what great things the Lord hath done for you. Praise God. We sing songs about count your blessings, name them one by one. Hallelujah. Look at this. Okay, so Psalm 4, look down at verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace. Now, I want to back up a second. The word will just jumped out. This is future, okay, which is be tonight. Tonight or any night, I will both lay me down and, excuse me, in peace and sleep. I just can't sleep. Oh, I can't sleep. Oh, the problems of this world, I cannot sleep. I have trouble sleeping. Uh, it really, you have trouble believing is what the problem is. If, uh, I mean, in the light of this, if you hear this and walk away from this, you should put that same pressure. Just say, Lord, I, Lord, I, Lord, I cannot sleep at night. And you're telling me I'll both lay me down in peace and sleep. See, keep that anxious pressure and worry. Turn it into prayer and talk with the Lord. Lord, I can't understand how you can tell me I will sleep tonight when I cannot sleep. Now, don't tell anybody else. You talk, talk to the Lord. This is what David did. David would put his hands on his hips and say, where are you? <laughs> You're supposed to be delivering me. Where are you? But we as Americans will say, yeah, sometimes God says no. God never did say no. And if you read the rest of the psalm, David got what he asked for. He was actually putting faith pressure on his problem. He was saying, Lord, you're always the God that delivers. It's 15 after. Where are you? And you should do the same thing. Lord, don't tell me Psalm 8, I mean Psalm 4 says I can sleep when I cannot sleep. So there's a problem somewhere, Lord, and it's not with your word, and it's got to be somewhere with me. So, Lord, work in me, Psalm 4. I'm going to lay myself down in peace and sleep. For what? For thou, Lord, only make me dwell in safety. Praise God. You only make me dwell in safety. There's a lot of sleep scriptures. We should be sleeping sweetly. You can go to Proverbs chapter 1. Don't turn there, but there's one over there too. Glory to God. Yeah. Word says he gives. 
But see, a lot of times we think, well, God's mad at me. He's mad at me. He's keeping me up all night long. Now, if God's keeping you up, you know what the problem is, and you'll fix it. You and him will work on it together. But just to be annoyed and lose your strength and energy the next day, that kind of stuff, and you have no clue about anything, that's not the Lord. <clears throat> okay, anyway, Psalm 91 again. Please go back. So he says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the error that flies by day. Uh, uh, look at verse 6. Nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. Now, I wonder what that word pestilence is. Well, again, I'm going to read from the, the Living Bible here, and it's going to be deadly plague again. Uh, let's see. Uh, nor dread the plagues of darkness, nor disasters in the morning. Wow. Wow. The plagues of darkness. So I guess they get you, they get you. No, uh, they're not going to get you. That's the whole point. I know it's so tough to believe this because many times we've not been taught that God will help us. But let me help you a little bit. Do you not believe that Jesus will save somebody who asked them to save him and take them to heaven? We, we think, oh, absolutely. There's no problem there. <laughs> it's the same Jesus that said the other. It's the same Jesus that with the multitudes healed them all. He didn't come up to some of them and say, you know what, you know, this is going to be tough. Matter of fact, you, matter of fact I see here you've hurt your back. And, and, well, I just don't have the healing power to fix your back. Now, I'm telling you, I kid you not, that is so familiar even in your own life. You'll go, oh, man, my back is hurting. Oh, wow. I don't know. Did you know David never did see Jesus? He never saw him. And yet he said, Lord, heal me. You read it for yourself, Psalm 6 and some other Psalms. He even wrote and he said, uh, our privileges, our, our uh, benefits, Psalm 103, who forgives all my iniquities, heals all my diseases. Can you say that? Can that be yours? It should be. It's written in your Bible. If you'll just read it, it's yours. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. See, he actually says, bless the Lord, what? Oh, my soul. He was talking to himself. He was saying, listen, don't you dare quit saying this. I know it looks tough, but you don't stop saying this. What am I supposed to say? That you have benefits. What kind of benefits you got? And I just love this. Because the devil will try to convince you, or you'll try to convince yourself, that you cannot get well because you are not as good as somebody else. Why would Jesus want to heal you? Well, just face it. He loves you. He's going to take you to heaven. He loves you. Okay. And your kids hadn't been perfect either, and you love them. I mean, you, you would do anything for your kids. Parents just do that. Well, God do anything for us. Who forgives all our iniquities, heals all our diseases. Just drop the discussion. Just thank God that there's forgiveness and healing. Oh, we turn it around. We just make it works all the time. Lord, I, I've been good. I've been good. I, 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 I'm hoping you'll heal me. Oh, don't go to the Lord that way. James chapter 5, you don't have to turn there, but it says, If he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him, and the Lord shall raise him up. Talking about a sick person. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. I love it. Oh, and if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. <laughs> oh, it just, that destroys all my unbelief. I'm like, praise God, I'm going to get it. Hallelujah. Do you notice in Psalm 91, he didn't say anything about your sins? He didn't say anything about, well, you know, I mean, God's pretty mad at you. Didn't say anything about it. Let me tell you something. You'll be laying on your bed at night. Your back will have quit hurting. And you'll have nobody to blame for your pain-free life but God. And you'll go, Lord, why am I feeling so good? What, what have I done for you? Why did you heal me? And you'll hear him say, because I love you. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And then you're, guess what you're going to do next? 
Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I've been living for myself. I want to do what you want me to do. And he'll tell you what he wants you to do. But don't you ever try to tell him that uh, you can't be healed because he doesn't love you enough. It's ridiculous. What's he running out of healing stuff? What's that going to prove? It's not going to prove anything. You couldn't go to heaven if you hurt enough. Well, if I, these are my problems I have to bear. No, Jesus bore your problems. Jesus and my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me and you'll find rest. Oh, man, we've all rewritten the Bible in our own heads. Praise the Lord. It's the reason we have to come back and renew our minds. Okay, now, uh, go back here to verse 7. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand. It will not come nigh thee. Well, no wonder after reading verses 1 through 6, our hopes are high. Yeah. Verse 8, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. See, now, don't put yourself in this. Well, that would be me. I, I would be getting the reward of the wicked. No, uh -uh. Mm -mm. They say technically that Moses wrote Psalm 91. Moses didn't start being used of the Lord till when? He was 80, wasn't he? Guess what Moses was? He was a murderer, wasn't he? He killed an Egyptian one time, and then he left out. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. Remember the story? He left. Forty years after he committed murder. You know. Moses didn't have a problem with healing. God talked to him at the burning bush. What do we know? Well, while he was talking to God at the burning bush, God said, Moses, take your hand and stick it inside your, your bosom. Stick it inside your jacket, whatever. And he did, and he pulled it out, and guess what? Whoa, it was leprous. He didn't say, well, bummer, sorry about that. You're stuck with that. No. God said, put your hand back in. He stuck it back in, and guess what? It was clean. One time, several years later, Miriam, his sister, because of she got into a little bit of strife or whatever, and, and there, his brother also, Aaron, they were saying, well, God can speak to us just as much as he can speak to him. And they were mad about it. And actually, technically, they were mad because Moses married an Ethiopian woman, which probably was, shall we say, a black woman. Bothers a lot of people. Probably bothered Miriam and Aaron. That was the root of it. You can read it for yourself in the book of Numbers. All of a sudden, God calls Moses and Miriam and uh, Aaron to the tabernacle. And God speaks out loud and says, I chose to speak through Moses. Why were you murmuring about him? And all of a sudden, Miriam turns white, covered with leprous, leprosy. It was horrible. Now, I want you to notice what happened next. She was totally leprous. Horrible. Aaron immediately says, Lord, lay not this sin to our charge, seeing we have acted foolishly. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Aaron's a high priest. What do you mean, lay not? If you did, you did the crime, you've got to pay the time. Aaron didn't think so. He said, now he was, he was sorry, but he said, don't lay this sin on us since we acted foolishly. Where did Aaron get the idea that you could stop leprosy? Now, that's not enough. Then Moses said, heal her now. God, wow. Who would ever tell God that? Well, the man that was like, like Abraham, a friend of God, he spoke face to face with God. He knew about God. And when you've met Jesus on the shores of Galilee, you'll understand this. Jairus came to Jesus and said, come lay your hands on her and she shall live. Talk about his daughter. And Jesus did. <laughs> Heal her now. Well, God spoke and said, well, if her father had but spit in her face, she would be without the camp for one week. 
Hey, one week's all right, and you're dealing with leprosy. <laughs> That's all right. She's still healed. And so the Israelites didn't move anywhere. They stayed right there for a week. And after a week was up, Miriam restored. Praise the Lord. And I'll tell you, I didn't hear that in too many Sunday schools. I, in fact, didn't, I didn't hear it in any of them. I found that reading my Bible myself. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Heal her now. <laughs> wow, you reckon he will? Yes, he will. Praise the Lord. Where have we been? Glory to God. Okay, verse uh, verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord even uh, the Most High, uh, no, excuse me, which is uh, my refuge. Uh, let's see. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Glory. For he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and they shall keep thee in all their ways. They'll bear thee up in your hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon. Thou shalt trample under feet. Because he set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Praise God. I love Jesus. Yeah. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He'll call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, gee, where are we going to go with all this? 